Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I have Jill Kitty here. She is the future author of a book called Bad Girl Camp. And it's all about her experience when she went to a camp for bad girls. Um, so can't imagine because she's like the sweetest lady. We've already been chit chatting for like 30 minutes. So, (laughs) (laughs) so Jill, walk us into what happened and uh, take it away. Hi, Tina. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm excited to share my story. Uh, yes, uh, I wrote a book titled bad girl camp and basically that's what I've always called it when people ask me where were you that time in the summer of uh 1992 well I was at bad girl camp um so like I said summer of 92 um my parents had been divorced for about two years um my mom and my older brother and I moved out of my childhood home. So my dad and my other brother could move in and fix it up and sell it. So my mom, like I said, my mom, my older brother and I moved into a neighborhood that wasn't quite as nice as my childhood home that we grew up in. Um, The neighborhood I grew up in, I mean, kids just like played all day, every day outside. Um, everyone knew each other. And so we, we moved to this new neighborhood. It was a lot of single moms being raised, you know, raising kids that worked, um, which is what my mom was at that time. Um, so again, we, I mean, we all played, but some of the kids weren't, you know, as, I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is, Nice. Uh, yeah, as nice. I like that. They weren't quite as nice as my other friends. So I was 14 years old. I had two older brothers, like a lot older, seven and five years older. And um, I came home one day um, from hanging out with my not nice friends, but they were more, way more fun. Um, and I, my whole family is at my house. My dad, my older brothers, my mom and my brother's girlfriend. And I was immediately like, immediately like, okay, um, who died? I mean, I knew something was up. And they were like, Jill, sit down, we gotta talk. And then they told me I was being sent away to a camp. Um, They didn't say for bad kids, but it was implied. It was actually called therapeutic camp. So uh, I immediately was like- Question. Yes. Were you misbehaving at this time? Or according to them, you were misbehaving? Well, I'd always been very obstinate. I was always very much like, hello world, here I am. Um, Yeah, I was misbehaving. I definitely hadn't done drugs. Um, I I was not promiscuous, but even if I had, (laughs) You know, looking back, I think I was, you know, it was 1992. Things were, I don't know. I feel like teenagers were just a little more, we had more freedom for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I was sneaking out, getting in trouble at school a lot, Mm -hmm. but nothing, you know, I don't think anything too bad. Definitely hadn't had any run-ins with like the police or anything like that. 
feel like if if I was who I am now when as a 14 year old I'd like be the same (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but I wasn't I was very I was very obedient as as a child It's, it's as I get older I get more and more rebellious I know that doesn't like seem to make sense but well, I think that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> I Be aff- more rebellious as right. you get older. I can afford to get in trouble now. You can't really, you know, if you get in trouble as a 14-year-old, you get sense of bad girl camp. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And especially if your aunt works there, which mm. was my case. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, leading up to being sent away, I just, I was like, no way I'm going to get sent. They're just bluffing. There's no way. And even on my last day of uh, junior high, which where I grew up, ninth grade was junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, no way, no way. And actually the class and the teacher uh, saying hit the road, Jack, as I walked out for the last time of junior high. Yeah. So they yeah, were happy you were gone or leaving? I think they thought it was funny, you know? Cause no one, we, I didn't know anyone that had been sent away. So were, I'm you, sure. were you like getting suspended from school? I mean, how bad? Okay. No. Never got suspended. Okay. Mm-mm. No, but I just, I was sneaking out a lot. I was getting in trouble at school, but it was more for like talking or, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, like I said, my, I had two older brothers that were quite a bit older than me. Um, and my oldest brother had, uh, some, you know, some issues with drugs and, um, and so I think maybe my parents were thinking more preemptive (laughs) and because I was so loud about it, you know, Mm -hmm. I think most kids, my age were more sneaky. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was very much like, I'm going to sneak out. Like I was an idiot. Well, you're not supposed to announce it. <laughs> I know, I know. That was the lesson I learned. <laughs> Were your parents strict? No, no. As a matter of fact, I was left to my own devices for years, years and years. You know, my mom was dealing with my dad. You know, my parents were dealing with their divorce. And it was basically one drama, trauma after the other. So I you know, kind of did my own thing for so long. And then when things calmed down, I think they were all like, oh, Jill's out of control, you know, which, I mean, I didn't think I was. Um, so even, even on the drive out to the camp, you know, I'm sitting in the back of my dad's car. My mom's in the, in the passenger seat and my dad's driving even then I was like no they're not gonna leave me there's no way there's no way they're gonna leave me pranking you yeah yeah it's just a scare tactic so even when they dropped me off with a trunk full of you know uh clothes and everything I needed to go live in the woods I still was like they're gonna be back they're gonna be back and then the the day that I was dropped off pretty much that whole day I was like they're gonna come back they're gonna come back and I remember even the girls out there were laugh, laughing at me like you're here get over it mm-hmm. <laughs> um so the camp was like it was a two and a half hour drive from Dallas um and I mean, when I say it was in the woods, it was in the woods. We slept in tents. As a matter of fact, the campers out there built the tents. Every couple of years, they would make the campers rebuild the tents. As in, we chopped wood, we chopped down the trees. Um, yeah, it was wild. It was very, very surreal. How and many I wasn't- girls are in the camp? Well, there were three, there were three groups of girls, um, and each group, it was divided up by age. 
um, there were like 11 and 12 year olds. Um, and I think in that group, I want to say there were 15 girls. So I think 15 girls was the max for each group. I was in the middle-aged group. Um, and then the older girls were like 15 to 17. There were also boys there. There were three groups of boys. Um, oh, I wasn't expecting that. For some reason, I thought it was all girls. Yeah, just because I call it bad girl camp. Yeah. So yeah, it's, bad, it's bad kid camp. <laughs> it's bad kid camp. Yeah, exactly. Um, so where do I start? I don't even know. <laughs> There's so many crazy things that happen. Um, what were the kids like? Like, were they like juvenile delinquents? I mean, how bad were these kids? You know, some of the girls were court ordered there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when I was, and I'm sure they thought, as a matter of fact, one girl in particular, I was so scared of her um, because before my parents actually dropped me off permanently out there, we did go for a visit, uh, you know, just to, I don't know, it's pretty much like a, a dog and pony show. They knew they were sending me. But they were like, oh, let's go check it out, see what this is about. Um, and so whenever there was a visit, a parent visit, um, the girls got to ask me a question. So I was brought up in front of the, the group and they asked me, so what do you, do? why are you being sent here? And I go, I don't know, mom, why am I being sent here? Well, so then when I got out to the camp permanently, uh, this one girl in particular on the second day, she said, I was going to kick your ass last night because of how you spoke to your mom when you came out here on your visit, mm -hmm. but you made me laugh. So I didn't kick. Your <laughs> I mean, and this girl was rough. She was one of the court ordered girls there, but she respects her mama though. Oh yeah. She respected her mom. Um, yeah, it was interesting because sometimes you didn't know why other people were there because the, um, it was a mixed bag. Um, and so when they asked me why I was being sent there, I was scrambling. I was like, oh, oh, you know, trying to come up with the worst thing I did mm -hmm. so I could fit in with them. Yeah, um, which, which, was, which was what? I snuck out of the house? I think the worst thing I did was I snuck my mom's car out when I was 13 Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. But I ended up just driving down the street and coming right back. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't do anything cool. Just drove through, drove through around the cul-de-sac. But um, yeah, I mean, some of the girls, like I said, were court ordered there, but I don't really know why they were there. We didn't talk about that much. It was kind of more like you're in survival mode. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we had chores that we had to do. Um, one of which was cleaning the chamber pot. Because there were three tents in each campsite. Um, and, and when I say tent, I actually mean tent. Like there was a tarp, a wooden floor. It was very, very primitive. Oh, and the beds were actually donated prison beds. Yeah. Which, by the way, you can see any of these. Uh, there's some pictures on my website at badgirlcamp.com. You can go and look at the prison beds and the tents. See, uh, this and, is oh, where you needed the sage already. I to know. smudge those mattresses. <laughs> you, you know what? We actually did our own version of saging. Uh, one oh, time, really? uh, yes, we had heard, you know, we were 14, we didn't know what we were doing. And, uh, but we had heard if you dried out banana peels and smoked them, something cool would happen. We didn't know what, but, um, so we would, we started hiding our, our banana peels on the back of our tent to where the counselor couldn't see. Um, and then at one point we were like, okay, they're ready. Let's roll them up and smoke them. And we didn't know how to smoke a banana peel. So like 
I ended up like finding some big giant leaves on the forest floor and, 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 and made it like a banana burrito and smoked it. And yeah, it just hurt my lungs. It didn't do anything. <laughs> Don't try that at home. Um, I've never yeah, heard of that. Was, I know. I don't, if, you know, it's one of those like folklore things, but, um, yeah. So when most of the girls that were out at this camp, they were there for three to six months. I ended up being out there for nine, nine months. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I have a shocked face right now for the audience because <laughs> you can't see I was thinking and, this was like a three-week thing or a summer. No, I was there for nine months. What about school? Um, we went to school three days a week for three hours, which really kind of screwed me over with my high school career. Because mm -hmm. um, like it was freshman year, you start earning high school credits. So when I eventually got back, you know, I was supposed to be a sophomore. Well, I didn't have enough credits and my mom um, ended up, <laughs> I'm thinking of Forrest Gump. She didn't do that, but um, she ended up begging the, the local you know, high school principal to let me in. He said, okay, I'll let her in on one condition. She has to go to special ed. So yeah. Are you serious? Yep. So we had a special ed, a special Ed hallway and um I'd be walking with my friends and I'd start heading down that hallway and they were like what are you doing Jill I'm like oh I dropped my pencil down there I'll catch up with you guys later it was wild but um when we at the camp we couldn't have visitors um so you could go home but you had to be there for at least a month before going home um, and then at that point, it was up to like your parents, the counselors and the camp director. And you also had to write like an essay of why you should get to come home for a visit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't get to come home very much. But on one particular time when I did get to come home, um, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to tell my mom what's going on, because, you know, a lot of times we would get restrained thrown to the ground uh, if we were acting out or what they you know thought was acting out um and I remember thinking I'm gonna tell my mom she's not gonna want me living out here going to the bathroom in a pot um so that didn't work I ended up you know telling her begging her screaming resorting to all my old tactics but it didn't work so what would happen was when you were ready to go back to the camp, your parents or whoever would bring you to Dallas to Oak Cliff. Um, and then from there, you would ride a bus, like a school bus to the camp. Well, the camp's policy was they would never pull over to like let kids use the bathroom or anything like that. So you had to make sure you went to the bathroom before the camp left the Dallas office. Well, um, you know, we were headed back and about an hour and a half into the ride, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. Like I could not hold it. And I was trying with all my might. Anyway, I ended up making a big scene. Who knows what I said and did, but the bus pulled over on the side of the road, on the side of the highway. Um, but not for, not for me to go to the bathroom. They pulled over to have what they would call a huddle up to talk about our feelings and why I'm throwing a fit. So when the bus pulled over on the side of the highway, I took that opportunity to jump out the window, find a little ravine and go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, so as I'm getting, you know, try, you know, walking up the ravine to get back onto the bus, I see three other girls running toward me and they also need to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. so they go to the bathroom I'm like all right guys come on let's go back to the bus so we walk back up the bus is gone they left us on the side of the highway 
this was in February. So these three girls, I didn't know them. They were in the younger girls group. Okay, um, this is child endangerment. Yeah, and actually one of the girls didn't have shoes on because we didn't know. We thought we were going to get right back on the bus. Um, so we're standing there on the side of the highway in the middle of February. One girl didn't have shoes on. And we're standing there because I'm like, guys, surely they're gonna, the bus is going to come back. It's going to come back. Don't worry. They're just trying to teach us a lesson. Well, about an hour goes by and it's starting to get dark and the bus still has not come back. So I look over at them and they're all looking at me and they're like, Jill, what do we do? And I'm like, hell if I know, how would I know? <laughs> I'm 14 years old. And they're like, yeah, but you're the oldest. You need to be the leader. <sighs> so I was like, all right. So we crossed four lanes of, of the highway. Cause I'm like, we got to get off the highway. We're going to get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So this is in the middle of nowhere. It's, you know, fields and cows and stuff. And I'm like, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find a shed or a barn and we're going to sleep in that tonight. And tomorrow I'm going to go get a job. And they're like, you're not going to get hired anywhere. You're 14. And I'm like, well, I'll lie. It's the nineties. <laughs> Who cares about that stuff? <laughs> Or I'll steal, you know, but I had this whole and uh, this whole story and vision of a boxcar children, you know, like we can't go home. We can't go back to the camp. So we're going to live in the shed. I'm going to work and bring back. <laughs> so you definitely had no plans to go back to the camp. <laughs> no, God, no, no. I was like, we're going to live off beef jerky and like Sprite. I don't know. But um, so we're walking and walking, wa walking through fields, walking, you know, cows. There's just, and it's dark and it's cold and we have nothing on us except for the shoeless girl because we're giving her a piggyback ride. Mm -hmm. And at one point we come to this small town and we had been walking probably five or six hours by then. Oh my God. We were so delirious. We just started laughing. You know, that point where you get just, you're so emotional and tired and you just mm -hmm. laugh. We could not stop laughing. And, and we were so loud. We saw a few, you know, country house lights turn on. And, and then, so next thing we know, we see red and white or red and blue flashing lights. And I tried to jump into the bushes, but it was too late. We saw... <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls up and he rolls down his window and he says are you the girls that uh, the runaways from that that bad girl camp down the road and I'm like uh no sir that's not us these are my sisters <laughs> and he knew I was full of it uh so we and get you weren't they weren't the runaways you were abandoned exactly by the side of the road exactly um <laughs> so we get in the we get in the cop car and and I'm in the front and the other girls are in the back and they're like can we turn on the lights How, have you seen a dead body have you and, and and meanwhile he's like what is this camp what do you guys do there why did they leave you <laughs> like he's asking us as many questions as we are him we get to the jailhouse and it's it's like a what's that show Andy Griffith and there's like one singular jail jail mm -hmm. cell and there's one guy I think he might have been drunk he there was one guy in the cell and you know it was out in the it's pretty much one room like there were desks and benches and then this open cell with this guy in it and some of the other police officers were there and they were looking at us like we were famous they were just in awe and so we sit on the bench and they call our parents and one by one, they get picked up. I wasn't the first to get picked up, but I wasn't the last either. Uh, I saw my dad and I just, I, I never thought I'd see my dad again, but instead I never saw those girls again. They never went back to the camp? No, their parents were so mad and angry as they should be that they they didn't go back. 
Oh, heads would have rolled. Yeah. Heads would have rolled. 14-year-old, 13-year-old daughter on the side of the highway. I mean, anything could have happened. We were somebody could have taken you. You could have been hit by a car. You could have gotten hyperthermia. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong. Absolutely. And uh, my dad, I remember him saying that the bus driver was so was nice enough to write down the mile marker of where he left us. So my dad had gone out and yelled our yelled my name, and he just thought, you know, the worst. Mm-hmm. But he brought me back the next day, which I don't I I don't understand. I have, I have teenage sons and I forgive my parents, but that, that one's hard to get over. That one's hard to get over. Why would they ever even trust them again? I mean, that bus driver should have been arrested. Yeah. I guess, um, you know, I talked to the camp director recently mm-hmm. and asked him about that. I asked him, he's in his eighties. He's so sweet. But he, I asked him if he remembered that. And he was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the sheriff didn't want to mess with you guys. He thought y'all were. <laughs> I mean, from an outsider's point of view, it is insane. But you're girls. They're just little girls. I know. I no know. matter how bad your behavior, how bad of a behavior can a 14-year-old have? I mean, come on. Or Absolutely. a little girl. I mean, those other girls were younger. Yeah. But I asked him about that. I was like, why did it, why, like, did the, did the bus driver get fired? I mean, was there any, and he said, no. Um, I guess once we got off the bus, there was like chaos. So he had to make a decision, you know, to get those people back to the camp or to, I don't know. I don't know. I still think it's messed up. He, yeah. he could have come back. It just sounds like a bunch of flimsy excuses at this point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the other, I think is a crazy story, weird, weird experience that happened at camp was, so we had this 50 foot tower, like a, you know, that we had to climb. Um, they would harn they harnessed us up and, and I got chosen to go first just randomly and I did not want to do this. I mean, I was like, no, 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 no. As they're harnessing me up. And they had one of the, you know, we had a buddy up with, with a fellow camper. And so that fellow camper was, was to hold, you know, the bottom of the rope that's holding you up. <laughs> and so anyway, I'm climbing up. I'm cussing, spitting, just making a big scene. I hope I, I hope I fall to my death. And my parents sue you and lose. You know, I'm just so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I get, I, I like, I fun. like your 14 year old self. <laughs> I know she was funny. <laughs> she didn't need pants. She just needed, I don't know. But um, so I finally get to the top. And I look down and all of a sudden there's this old man that kind of appeared from nowhere and he's sitting in a folding chair and next to him is this, you know, younger woman who looks very glamorous. And uh, so I'm like, that's weird. And everyone's cheering. Yay. So I come down and, and, and the girl, my friend, her name's Tina um, in the book. That's not her real name, but in the book, Mm -hmm. her name's Tina. Uh, so she's kind of guiding me down and the last minute she lets go. So I ended up, you know, falling with a thud to the ground. So wait a minute. You're climbing up a 50 foot tower and how are you supposed to get down? You're supposed to kind of like, not free fall down, but kind of, you know, propel down. Oh, rappel? Do you have ropes yeah. and stuff? Okay. Yeah, we have a harness and ropes. Oh, okay. But it's not comforting knowing a 14-year-old, you know, child delinquent's holding the other end of that <laughs> Oh my God. This breaks so many laws, I think. There should be laws against this. 
So she lets go at the last end. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm gonna kill you. And as soon as I pop up, one of the counselors is like, Jill, come here. I want you to meet someone. So he leads me over to the old man. He's like, Jill, this is Byron Nelson. And I'll, which I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a huge golf legend. Oh, okay. I mean, huge, which I know nothing about golf. And I certainly didn't then. But later I found out like he's a huge, like there's a Byron Nelson uh, golf tournament and stuff. Anyway, he was like, I like you. You're funny. And I go, can you get me out of here? Can you adopt me? I promise I'll be good. He was like, eh, I'm good. No, thanks. <laughs> what was he doing there? He was a big contributor to the camp. Um, big donor. Yeah. Why? I don't know. The camp actually opened in the 20s. And actually, it was an all-boys camp for years and years and years. And then in the late 80s, they started letting the girls in. So I'm not sure the background of why he was a donor. I don't know if he... Probably just like a charity and he just decided to... Maybe he had a bad girl himself. Who knows? (laughs) Threw her in there for fun. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, bad girl camp. Sure, I'll donate to that. I, like I know. That. I know. He's fascinated by bad girls and bad boys. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, what else happened? Another weird thing. Okay, so at night, um, we would have a night guard that would come check in on us. So within each, like I said earlier, um, in each campsite, there's three tents. There's two camper tents and then one um, counselor tent. And by the way, these counselors, there were three counselors and they were not much older than my oldest brother. So they were like 22, 21, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said, at night we had a, a night guard. And her name was Marge. And every single night we would try to stay awake so we could see Marge and talk to her. Um, and she would come in and tell us stories, you know, like, and, and she was an older woman. You could tell she was totally freaked out by this job she had. Um, and she, she, you could tell she was also felt in over her head because we'd be like, tell us the story, Marge. And she'd be like, okay. oh wait this this older woman is your guard right and she has to walk around outside at night by herself yes oh hell no oh hell no no and she had to do a head count you know to make sure that none of us had run away um and so she would it, it was so black out in those woods you could hardly see the hand in front of your own hand. And so every single night we were like, Marge, will you show us your face? Will you shine the light on your face? And she never would, never. So for nine months, I never once saw Marge's face ever. So how did she tell you stories? She, they seemed like patchworked Disney you know, like there was a princess, but she was like in the dark telling you the stories. Yeah. She would have her flashlight and kind of pointed down like on the wooden floor of our tent, but she had a, she had a uh, shine her light on our face every night, like to make sure we were there and we weren't like doing a Ferris Bueller. Like there's a mannequin head in there. (laughs) Why wouldn't she show her face? We don't, I don't know. Isn't that weird? Maybe there's something wrong with her face. We wouldn't have judged. I mean, we were living in the woods. That's kind of creepy, don't you think? Yeah, super creepy. But it it became a game, you know? Like, is she going to show us her face tonight? Is tonight going to be the night? Did you girls have flashlights? 
oh no, no. I would have put a flashlight on her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there was so many rules. As a matter of fact, uh, you couldn't wear makeup. You couldn't, but I defied that rule. Um, I snuck eyeliner in my bra. Um, I always keep things or I've always kept things in my bra. Mm-hmm. And I used to keep my eyeliner in my bra. So when my parents dropped me off, I just happened to have eyeliner in my bra. So I didn't, you know, I left it there. So the next morning, um, when I woke up, I reapplied my eyeliner. And so I, I came out of the tent and we, we had these things called logs. I mean, they were actual logs that were as big as like park benches. And that's where we would meet every day in the morning. Um, so when we all went to the logs, um, one of the counselors was like, Hey, you need to go wipe your uh, eyeliner off. And I was like, Oh, um, it's a tattoo. And she was like, mm-hmm. but for some reason they let me keep up the charade. So for nine months, um, I had, I reapplied my eyeliner every day. <laughs> so for three days a week, you were in school for a couple mm-hmm. hours. So what did you do for the rest of your time there? What did you do? We chopped down wood, chopped down trees, chopped wood was a big part of our day. That was a huge part of our day. Uh, chores. I mean, it was very regimented. We, you know, woke up at a certain time. I want to say around, you know, when the sun came up, whenever that was, um, we, you know, did our, our, our morning chores. Why were you chopping wood? Um, well, we always, uh, had a surplus of wood, um, for our nightly fires we had nightly fires mm-hmm. so we made kindling um we also like i said earlier um the campers had to build the dwellings so we would use a lot of that wood to like build the tents the cooking tent what else was there so there was a little the tents had a tarp you said so it had like wooden walls with the tarp over it yes it had like imagine four wooden posts and then a wood floor and then a tarp and then if it rained it was waterproof and everything sometimes yeah we would put plastic um like as makeshift walls there was a little uh, yellow wooden tarp, I mean, not wooden, a yellow tarp um, that came up to like waist high. And then the rest was open air. Did you ever hear anything in the woods that was strange or? Oh my gosh, yes. Ooh, tell me about years that. Old, yeah. Out in the woods. Oh, yeah. It was so scary. So scary. Did you ever, what did you hear? Did you hear or see anything? Did any of the girls hear or see anything unexplainable? I mean, we would always mess with each other, of course. Like the chupacabras out there. That was a big <laughs> one. I mean, we're in Texas, so. See, I'm thinking Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bigfoot. Bigfoot's out there, chupacabra. Uh, you know, I actually, um, when I was writing the book, uh, ending it, I went back out to the camp after 27 years this past spring. Mm-hmm. And one of the counselors that was there when I was there is at, on the property. And he says he's heard some strange things. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you get out of there? I think... I think I was so broken and beat down because when I first got out there, I was so hopeful that my parents would come back to get me. I mean, I was just completely in denial. Like they're going to come back. They're going to come back. And once I realized that they weren't coming back, I was like, you know what? You think I'm bad. I'm going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So I just, I started raising hell at the camp. 
um, chasing people with axes, starting uprisings. Um, and I, I did that for a long time. And uprisings. <laughs> <laughs> we revolted. Did you ever try to sneak out or leave the camp? And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was so deep. I can't remember how many acres it was, but it was so deep in the woods with acres upon acres upon acres that, yeah, we would try to run. We could hear a train in the distance, but you know how sound sometimes things are seem closer than they are? Yeah. But so many nights I would listen to that train whistle and think, I'm going to hop that train, start yeah. a new life, change my name. Get a job. Yeah, go work. <laughs> Grab some girls and pretend you're sisters. <laughs> but, I, but as far as like me leaving, I really think that I just kind of gave in you know I want I don't want to say my spirit was broken but my spirit was broken you started behaving I started behaving yeah and so they decided nine months they got you and what happened after that what was your relationship like with your parents yeah it was weird because when I got back I couldn't relate to anyone anymore and I hate to use this analogy because I don't want to I mean, it really felt like I had just come back from war. Yeah, it you, really, well, you it, were traumatized. That's why. Absolutely. Yeah. And how could I, how could my peers and my friends relate yeah. to what I just been through? And like I said, you know, earlier, but, uh, people were like, where were you last year? And I'd be like, oh, I was at bad girl camp. <laughs> and I've kind of made a joke of it. That was my way of dealing with it. Right. Because it's hard to explain probably. And Oh, it's so hard to explain. Yeah. Especially like, why'd you go? I don't know. Why were you so, there so long? So mm -hmm. did you behave after that? No, but I was a lot more <laughs> quiet about it. Oh, you're a lot <laughs> sneakier. So you just learned to be sneakier. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. See, some, some rebellion just can't be, just can't be extinguished, you know? <laughs> I know. You, you are who you are. Yep, absolutely. And, and for years, I didn't talk about it with my family. Years and years and years. Um, it was such a sore subject, except for like at Thanksgiving or Christmas, I would, everyone would be together and I'd be like, hey, everybody, I have an announcement to make. I'm re-mad about camp. And they're like, oh, God, Jill, get over it. Oh, my but, God. Um, you know, I feel like that, too. I went to boarding school. Oh, really? And I remember graduating right after. I went on scholarship, so I'm not rich or anything. So here's here's a New York City girl gets thrown in the boarding school at Connecticut. Yeah. Spelled wow. for disaster. And I, re I remember grad I couldn't wait to get out of there. Like. My father passed away a week before high school graduation. So I didn't Aww. care about anything at that point. And so when I had the pack, I threw all my box, I threw everything in a box, literally, because I had no time to pack or anything to get my stuff because I was going to his funeral. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And a few years after that, you know, I would, I'm just, just so bitter about the whole thing and, and. And I would talk about it. People would be like, well, gee, you're really bitter. And I was like, I don't care, you know. Um, but well, I still, you have every right to be. Right, right. I mean, I still question going there, you know. Like, I mean, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it now. But it's just, I don't think I had a really hard time. And I feel like most of my peers didn't have as hard of a time as I did there mm -hmm. for some reason. I mean, I know what some of the reasons are, but um, that is a crazy story, Jill. Like that's one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. And I'm so sorry you went through that. 
Thank you. There's so you know, many adults that dropped the ball on that one. And hopefully in 2021, they wouldn't get away with what they did in 1992. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my, you know, I have a really good relationship. My dad's, my dad's passed too. Um, but when I started writing this book, I called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, I have something hard to talk about because before, you know, I would just say the word camp and we would both start crying. But mm. when I called her and told her, you know, it didn't go over well. And, but every day we would talk and every day uh, she would feel a little bit better about it, you know? And, and now she's totally on board. She's excited. Oh, that's good. Why was she crying? Um, just a lot of regret, Oh, a lot of regret, but the thing is my family had never heard these stories before. And I'm pretty sure that's why I wrote this, you know? Yeah. They didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, the book is going to be entitled bad girl camp. Yes. Bad girl. Okay. By. Jill Kinney and it's coming out I'll have all the details in the notes so you can check out her book and thank you so much Jill for sharing thank your you. story thank you so much Tina that was fun hi friends thanks for listening this is your host of the weirdest experience podcast Tina Clark I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218. Or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.